Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. John chapter 10, amen, beginning at verse 26. Let, let me say this. We've got good young people. We've got great students, right? And there's not, a, there's not a lot of drama and there's not a lot of, you know, we haven't had any fisticuffs that I know about or nobody's gotten stabbed in the room or anything like that. So thank God we got great students and that's a reflection of having great parents, amen. And so thankful for that. I don't want that to be uh, misunderstood. But you believed not because you are not of my sheep. And as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Lord, bless your word tonight. Let your anointing flow over us. Let it speak through us. Strengthen us, oh God, and give us enlightenment of your word that we can be molded into your image, that we can be uh, able to walk in authority that you have given us, God, to walk in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're going to continue talking about knowing the will of God. Now, I want to say this, that we've spent a lot of time, uh, and rightfully so, talking about the importance of understanding God's will and understanding to follow God's will and, and uh, to know His voice and to know that you have relationship with Christ. And uh, that is so very, very important. And uh, tonight, we're going to take uh, another jump forward in this and uh, to more of a um, legalese, if you would, to talk about this. But I, I want to establish again tonight in God's Word that there are things that are in God that are considered mysterious. Now, uh, mysterious meaning that there are things that God hides from everyone uh, that He is waiting for those that will seek it from Him. The Bible says, Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find, right? And uh, so you, you have to know. So we go to Colossians chapter number two. And it says uh, in verse number one, for I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And as for many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. We talked about that one week. And unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want to stop there because hidden in whom. Now, now, first of all, do we know who the whom is there? That's Jesus, right? So in whom, in Jesus, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me say this. Wisdom and knowledge is a treasure. Not necessarily intellect. 
but wisdom and knowledge, amen, is, is a, a treasure. And uh, now, last week in the Vacaville campus, on the midweek, I kind of, I went rabbit hunting for 45 minutes. And so I'm not going to get off into that tonight because I really want to go a, a different direction. But I'm going to tell you, uh, I would encourage you to go. Your app will flip over to the Vacaville app, I'm sure. Uh, and you can go listen to that because I went a different direction than I went with you um, last week. And I talked about having wisdom and having knowledge. Amen. And we talked about the importance of having wisdom in the age that we live in. And you, you better have wisdom in the age that you're living in because we're living in a wicked age. Amen. It's never been easier to define or to be separate from the world and be a Christian, but it's never been harder to make that stand. Amen. Because the world has inverted itself. Now, just, just I'm not going to get into it very long. The world has inverted itself. Everything we used to call right is now wrong. And what we used to call wrong is now called right. And then if you call wrong, wrong, and right, right, well, then it's so inverted that you can't even make a stand for righteousness without being labeled some kind, a bigot of some kind. You see, we allowed, oh, God, here I go. Let me take my shoes off. I'm jumping in. You see... There's a book written in 1988. Uh, the title fails me now. I read this book several years ago. People wonder, people in Vacaville can tell you, I've been telling for 14 years the LGBTQ is coming for your kids. They're, they're not satisfied with getting men and men and women and women. No, no, no. They're pedophiles. And if that makes you mad, you need to pray through. They want your kids. That's all they want, your kids. That's all they've ever wanted was your kids. And I've been saying this for 14 years because it's not going to be enough to just accept that. Now we've got to accept a man that pretends to be a woman. Well, because here's what they said. Love wins. Really? You, you want to go with that? Well, then, well, if a man and a man and a woman and a woman can be, well, then what about a man and five women? What about, five, what about one woman and 20 men? What about a man and a goat? Might as well make it legal. What about a woman and a dog? I mean, if it's all based on love. See, this is where it's went. And it's so insane, right? And I see church, that's why I took my glass off. I see church people, not here, everywhere else, you know, get offended when you talk about this. They, 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 they swell up like a bullfrog. They're ready to fight. That's the cross you want to die on. Defending pedophiles. See, you say, well, I've just got to be simple. Be careful where you lean. Because you always fall in the direction you lean. We can love and be sympathetic and, and, and all of these things in which we do. But I'm going to, at some point, we got to draw the line in the sand and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Our kids is a little too much. You hear them out there now, they're talking about these doctors are denying they're denying health care for children. You mean mutilating them? A 14-year-old can't get a tattoo 
but you want to cut their breast off? What kind of sicko are you? I think these doctors, every one of them ought to go to prison for life. So that's, that's harsh. Well, I know I'm not talking about anybody here, but maybe somebody listening on the podcast. You just defined whose camp you're in. See, I, shouldn't, I, I don't have to prove to you why my kid shouldn't be attending your sexual demonstration of a drag show. You need to explain to me why drag queens have a fetish with performing sexual acts in front of our kids. And then the parents that would take them there, they ought to go to prison for grooming. Thank God for the governor of Florida shut down that one hotel for what they did over Christmas. Thank God for that. They were using toys. You get, they were using toys to reenact sexual acts at a holiday party that was advertised for adults and they had a ton of children in the room. Thank God. So, well, pastor's being political. He's endorsing a party. No, I'm going to stand up and clap. I'm going to applaud when somebody does something at least semi-righteous. I wish you to shut the whole business down. I'd love to all go to jail anyway. Amen. You got to be careful where you lean. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand. I don't find anything good in Scripture about leaning. I only find good in standing. Stand. Lean not to your own understanding in all that ways. Stand. Stand for righteousness. Stand for the word. Amen. Absolutely sickened by last week's shooting in Nashville. Absolutely sickened by that. But did you see the politicians? Did you see the leftists, what they did? They didn't say one thing about innocent children being killed. You know what they did? They're going to Nashville to raise funds for children who are transgender. Not for the families that their children or their parents were murdered. This is the world we're living in where right has become wrong. The world's inverted. And you better have spiritual equilibrium to be able to stand up straight and not waver. Say, Pastor, you seem upset about this. No, I'm just firm. There's no wavering in me on this. I don't have to pray about this or not. It's already established in his word. We're not only going to not stand stand for it, we're not going to stand with it. We're not even going to lean toward those that stand for it. Well, that's all about love. Well, they've redefined love. I can't help but they've redefined love. I'm sticking with the Bible. There's a book written in 1988 about how to bring the LGBTQ movement into acceptance through, through media. It's an incredible book. I highly suggest you read it. And how they laid out a plan over 30 years ago how to do this, and it would be by infiltrating it through television and movies. See, y'all thought we were messed up for having a strict stance on television and movies for years. Because you go back and look in every, every LGBTQ uh, role in a television show or a movie, where they were always intelligent, witty, funny, likable. It was by design. They said they were going to do it. And they did it. And now, then, then they said the most important thing in this book in 1988, 
would be to tie the LGBTQ movement into minority civil rights. Get them to say that being gay is the equivalent of being born black. It's in the book. You think they don't do They have hijacked the civil rights movement. LGBTQ is not a civil right. I have never seen police dogs sicked on the LGBTQ. And it is absolutely disgusting that they hijack it. And then we're too mindless that we just go along with, oh, well, this new civil right. No. All sex is a choice. You didn't have a choice what color you were born, what ethnicity you were born, but you have a choice. Whether you're hetero or, or, or homo, it doesn't matter. You have a choice. You don't have a choice in ethnicity and race. It doesn't equate. Say, Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because you've got to know the wisdom and the knowledge of God. They feel justified in this. Men dressing up like women are beating women in the names of transgender activism. You know, 10 years ago, if a man would have punched a woman in public, the rest of the men would have piled on that man and beat his head into a balloon. But the feminists got what they want. Equal treatment. And nobody steps in to defend the women anymore. What about the MMA fighter? It's a man pretending to be a woman. One punch, one punch fractured the skull of a woman. And do you know what that man did? He stood over her and taunted her. And then in the interview, he said how he wanted to kill the next one. But it's, you know, it's sick. And the church better stand up and say it's sick. See, we won't stand for that. Only rainbow we're flying is the one that Noah saw as God's promise. Amen. Praise God. Say, Pastor, that kind of preaching will scare people away. It'll scare compromisers away. It'll scare people that don't love God away. Amen. We, we better draw a line now. See, that's harsh. I'm protecting our children doing this. I'm protecting our children doing this. Because if gender is, is only in the mind, the next thing, they're, and they're already doing it. Look at the TED Talks. They're already doing it. If gender is only in the mind, well, then age is only a number and love must win. And you can't stop supporting it then. No, you said gender. You could be whatever 89 genders they've officially sanctioned now. So when that 49-year-old pervert still living in his mom's basement shows up at your 12-year-old daughter's school, Well, love wins. Age is only a number. It's only I identify as a 12-year-old. Or what if she identifies as a 40-year-old? Are we seeing the stupidity of this logic? This is why it's only the churches, it's only the churches that have spineless pastors that are allowing this to happen. 
And the pastors wouldn't be so demonic and spineless if it weren't for the pew with an appetite for it. Amen. I pray to God I ever step up and say something like that. Y'all jump up and shout me down and run me out of this place. We, we got to protect our kids. I don't protect my kids when the wolf comes to the door. I'm going to protect my kids before the wolf gets on my property. Amen. And I can, I can be, I can be pro-reform and I can be pro these things that need to be pro and still be anti the 99% of it that's junk. That's all about a bunch of middle-aged white liberal women who want to be a victim. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. You better know where you stand. And you better know where you lean. I want to, I want to be near the cross. That's where I want to be. I, that's where I want to be. Now, let me, let, me, let, me just, let me put a little salve on this. It's not for you. I know it's for somebody on the podcast going to listen to this. We, you know, the people that are picking it apart, and that's fine. All right. Let me, let me heal it up and just say this. Somebody says he's mad. But yeah, I'm angry. Well, shouldn't you repent? No, nothing wrong with it. I got Bible for it. Bible says be angry and I didn't sin, but I'm angry. And I'm disturbed if you're not. It's our children. I stand with Jesus on this. Listen, I stand with Jesus on Brother David, I stand with Jesus on this one. You touch a child, I think, I think what I, I have, what Jesus said ought to happen to you. Let's tie a brick around your neck and throw you in the ocean. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say that. Amen. Jesus said, if you offend, if you harm, if you hurt one of these little ones, the best thing for you to be is tie a millstone around your neck and be cast into the depths of the sea. And I'm going, go, Jesus, go, Jesus, go. Go, Jesus, go, Jesus, go. Yes, 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 yes. You want to check, you want to mutilate a child? You better be careful where you lean. Oh, don't try to push me in one party or another because I could care less. I'm not an R, a D, or an I. I'm S-A-V-E-D. And I'm going to stand with J-E-S-U-S and the B-I-B-L-E. I don't care about a donkey. I don't care about an elephant. I'm going to follow the lamb who is coming back as the lion. That's all I care about. Amen. So, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, just, I'm, really, I'm really disturbed. I'm, I'm, I'm really disturbed. And I'm disturbed at how many people aren't disturbed. I'm disturbed at the churches around our city that are still packed out when their sissy of a pastor won't take a stand on these issues right here. We better stand on this. Our children are too valuable. And then Jesus will hold us accountable for not taking to stand for him. Amen. Hallelujah. But they're not talking about this in the first Episcopal church. 
Yeah, well, it's because they got a drunk, deadbeat dad, transgender, queer uh, leader in the Episcopal Church. We're going to stand behind Jesus. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom, of knowledge. And then watch verse 4. That's, that's why I'm saying that you got to have wisdom and knowledge. Don't let them hype you up about one issue. Well, if you don't support us on all of this, then this one issue is... Man, they've been suckering people for 50 years saying that stuff. You better stand with the word. Because in verse 4 of, of Colossians 2 says, And this I say, lest any man deceive you with entire... If that don't sound like a politician or a talking head on MSNBC or Fox, I don't know what does. Don't let any man deceive you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding uh, your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. You have to know you are in Christ because in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. Amen. How are we going to get out of this situation we're in? The church. The church. And because and, this is what I deal with. People say, well, what you just said for 10 minutes, that wasn't loving. To who? A pedophile? Nope, wasn't. To pedophilia activity? Nope. To God? Yes. To people? Yes. To the sinner? Yes. People want a place they can bring their family and their family be protected. Amen. Well, praise God. Now we jump over to Ephesians chapter 1 in verse number 8. I, 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 uh, I, I highly encourage you to do your own research on this. And we've got to take a stand for our kids uh, more now. than you, We need to be praying over our kids every day. We've got to pray over our kids. We've got, we got to pray over our kids every day. They're throwing it in there. Used to, drag queen was something that was done at you know, midnight on the Saturday downtown you know, where nobody's... Now it's done and open in front of our little kids. Even our kids know it ain't natural. Last year we were going through um, Dutch Bros, and this thing walked up to my truck. I could tell when he swallowed. It wasn't what it wanted me to think it was. With a half-inch Adam's apple and a pound of cake makeup trying to cover up a 5 o'clock shadow swishing his hips walking over to my what would you and I, I looked I look I can deal with it I'm a grown man don't have to like it. I can deal with it. but my little girl's over her eye she went and so I ordered for her and 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 he walked off I'm not gonna call it her it's a he it is what God made it to be you can't change that and he walked off and Hattie looked at me and she goes daddy that wasn't no woman. And I said, no, it wasn't no woman. And she said, he had that big thing on his throat. And I said, yeah, it's an Adam's apple. That's right. And I said, no. It and she goes, he had a bunch of hair on his throat. I said, I know, it wasn't no woman. She said, but why? I said, I don't know, but here's what we need to do. We need to pray for him, that God will touch him, and, and that they'll repent of their sin, and they'll turn back to God. Because I took her by her little hand, and I said, Addison, God loves him as much as he loves you and as much as he loves me. And we got to pray for him. We can't be mean to him. We just need to pray for him. 
And, and she said, okay, Dad. And then she went, but it's still weird. I said, yeah, yeah, very weird. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, amen, beginning in verse 8. And here's where we're going to touch off and then and uh, uh, I've got to bring it around. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 8, Paul says, wherein he hath abounded toward us in wisdom and in prudence. Wisdom and prudence. Somebody throw out a... Uh, Prudence, the definition. Come on, shout out. What does it mean? It's not a fruit. It's not prunence. Come on, this is a... Huh? Okay. Old timers, you say it all the time, but be prudent, be prudent, be prudent. Now I thought, is that what they're always drinking? Okay. Um, somebody else said something. Prudence. Huh? That's good. Huh? Proper. There you go. Prudence is having the fear of God, being proper. And, and, it, and it also means decisive, very careful in your decision-making, thinking things through. You need to be prudent in your finances, in your kindness, and your love, right? In your prayer. It means to be cautious, to advance with caution. Amen. So it, it says... Uh, uh, where, where are we at? You on the next verse already? Oh, there you go. Wherein we have abounded toward us all in wisdom and in prudence, meaning having counted the cause, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Let's go to the next one. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather in... Uh, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, verse 11, in whom we have, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. We've obtained an inheritance. Just put your finger right there. Just, just put it right there on that chapter, uh, verse 11. Just put, just, I mean, lick your finger and stick it there for a second. Just hold it right there. Now, why did he just talk about having wisdom and knowledge and making known the mystery? And he's talking about the good pleasure and his purpose for us and knowing the will of God and all of these because he's about to tell you about an inheritance that he don't want you to be reckless with. Do you give a child... $10,000 on their seventh birthday and say, have fun? It would not be prudent to do that. It would be quite reckless. Now, let's be honest. You couldn't have handled $10,000 at 18. Now, let's take it a step further. Probably at 25, you'd have probably still spent it on a, the same junk at 18. It, it probably wasn't until you were about 30 when you started going, I don't think walkie-talkies and bubble gum are a great investment. Well, that was just me at 25, right? <laughs> so you just, when you get older and you've lived long enough, when you've had some experience, when life is not near the mystery it was at 18, remember when you thought you knew everything? Amen? Don't you wish you still 
knew how to parent like you did before you had kids? Don't you, come on, don't you wish you still had the wisdom of raising kids before you ever had one? Remember how we knew everything before we had a kid? You'd be in a restaurant, okay, it's just me. Y'all act like it's just me. We'd be in a restaurant and some kids over there screaming and my wife and I, we're, you know, we're trying to have a nice romantic dinner, you know, at, at Applebee's or wherever, you know, we're having this dinner. And, and hey, listen, when we were first married, Applebee's was living high on the hog, baby. You better believe it. And we had coupons and everything and gift cards. Will this coupon work with this gift card? Okay. And I still have 32 cents left on the other gift card, right? Good. Baby, get the appetizer. It's going to be a great one. And all in the middle, of, all of a sudden you hear a kid, ah, 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 and it's getting, and, you, and you're, hey, babies, and you, you know, you, you, babies are cute, right? I wish somebody shut that kid up. If that was my kid, I'm going to tell you right now, if I was my kid, I wouldn't sit, just sit there and let my kid scream in the middle of a restaurant ruining people's dinner. Now, you go ahead and act like you didn't think that. <laughs> now, you go right ahead. I paid good money. to be, I don't know why I'm paying all this money. You got that kid in there screaming, and I had all the answers. I'd take that kid out. I'd lift it up by its ankle and say, who do you think you are? And I'd snatch it, and I'd set it right back in its high chair, and I'd say, listen here, Bubba, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out of this world. All the, I had all this stuff I'd have done that would have worked until I had my own kid. And I knew what that parent was like when my kids started screaming and I'm looking at them single people looking at me and I'm wanting to go, shut your face. When you get in my, I don't, I'm going to eat this meal. I don't care if this kid pukes on the table. I'm going to eat this meal. I don't care. You call CPS. That kid's going to scream till I finish this steaking. Shrimp. Bless God. <laughs> but when I was single, I had the answer, right? When, I, when we were childless, we had the answer. Remember all the marriage advice you had before you got married? My Lord. I'd put Dr. Phil out of business with my advice when I was single. Then you live it. You get one year into it and go, oh. <laughs> Seven years into I mean, it's wonderful, but what you thought versus what you, man. I don't, mean, I don't even mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a realistic way. There was what I thought, and then there's what happens. And it's just amazing. Let, let me help you if you're, if you're single or whatever. Please stop getting on social media and giving us marriage advice. Because I'm going to tell you what we are doing. We are not reading that going, oh, wonderful wisdom. Let me write that down. We are looking at going, you are getting a Bronx raspberry from every married person. We're wiping our phone off from going, tell me how to raise a kid. Go have a Tell me how to have a marriage, raise You don't have kids. You don't have a spouse. You're going to tell me how to raise a kid. Look, you can't tell me how to raise a kid until you have changed a diaper that has exploded up past their shoulders. Don't you tell me nothing until you have changed a diaper that makes you reevaluate every decision you have made in life. 
When you hold that baby and think to yourself, Sister Nikki, if I had a receipt, And every parent in here said, amen. <laughs> he said, I never felt that way. Yes, you're lying. You're only you're, you're 20 years removed from the time that little jerk blew up in his diaper, her diaper, and it got in their hair, and you're holding them going, nah, nah. you don't even change them if you're honest. You just fill up the sink of water and you baptize them. <laughs> Hold them by their hands and shake them a little bit. If y'all think I'm being harsh, every parent is in here going, he's telling the gospel truth, right? It must be somewhere in there between Matthew and Mark. And when they don't stop crying, have a colicky baby for seven months. That'll change your life. Amen. I can get all them terrorists to talk. I can get them to talk. You don't got to waterboard them suckers. You ain't got to lock them up without food. Just give them a colicky baby for a couple days. They'll come out and go, I'll tell you anything you want to know. What do you want to know? The bomb is over there. He did it. And if that don't work, give that baby a jar of prunes and hand it to him. That's worse than any C4 could ever do. Amen. All this marriage advice. Heal your marriage. Here's some wisdom. And it's just like, you know, it's all the most generic stuff. The key to a successful marriage is to love one another. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. But how about loving one another when one of us is a jerk? When, when you know, right? When one of us doesn't fill up the gas tank and hands the keys to the other one. I need... <laughs> How about loving the other one when all they have to do is literally pull the bag up and tie it off and move it, but they don't. They just keep piling it on and piling it on and piling it on and piling it on. And piling. I, I'm telling you, women could build the Tower of Pisa and it wouldn't lean. Just hand them trash. They'll just stack that stuff to the ceiling. They won't touch that trash. You want to know why? Because that's my job as a husband. You'll walk in and look. I don't move the trash, Brother Robin, not because I don't want to take it out, because I marvel at her engineering abilities to be... Brother Nate, they should teach that in engineering school. They'll have boxes propped, and you just walk by and go, wow. An in and out cup can hold all that up. This is... Give me advice. Rub, just rub, rub their feet when they come. Some people got some stinking feet. They'll be rubbing somebody's bunions and it smell like fungus coming up off that stuff. <laughs> Who's translating tonight? Good Lord, have mercy. Oh, Sister Lupe. <laughs> Of all nights for you to give it to me tonight. Oh, have mercy. Muchas bendiciones, hermana. Woo. Oh, santo, santo Dios. Amen. Give me, I, I, last week, right before I went to church, we said, I, um, 
a couple hours before church, I get on Facebook, and, there, and there's a woman posting advice on, on marriage, which would not be a bad deal. Here, here's the problem. She's newly married to her fifth husband. Four kids with four dads, and because she's in her third month of her fifth marriage, she has all this wisdom. I'm just thinking, let me tell you something in the Holy Ghost. Woman, uh, listen to me. Great, great, greatly is the Spirit upon me. You ready? Shut up. Because <laughs> some of us worked through our issues for 19 years. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. There's things you can't know until you've walked it. That's what Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus. Right? You, you can't have a 50-year wedding anniversary when you've only been married two years. I mean, I guess you could identify as a 50-year married couple. If news come out and celebrate that, look at this wonderful couple. They're 22 years old. They've been married 50 years. Isn't this wonderful? Just got out of high school three years ago. Look, this is awesome. There's trans anniversary or whatever they would call it. You know, there, there, it, wisdom has a different ring to me. Now, I, I'm a, I, I live by the philosophy. I'm a student of all men. I believe we should learn of all men. We should study of all men. I look at some people and I say, man, they're a genius. I look at some people and I say, man, they're the opposite of a genius. They're a genius in reverse. But I learn, you know. That, that, that's wisdom. You learn from those who have learned. And, and when, when, when somebody that's been married a long time gives me marriage advice, I'm going to lean in a little bit and say, okay, this is worth hearing. When, when I get advice on pastoring and building an apostolic church, I don't go to a guy that's been doing it 5, 10, even 15 years. I go to the men who have done it for 30, 40, 50 years and who have done it like Bishop Keys on a, on a scale almost unprecedented in Pentecost. That's who I'm going to talk to. I, I get tickled when I get these letters for people, uh, emails. Uh, Pastor Wisner, I just wrote a book on church growth. I would like for you to write a, uh, what do you call it, a foreword uh, or acknowledgement for my book. And I want to go, I acknowledge you ain't done jack. And you wrote a book about it. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I get these emails. Pastor Wizard, you pastor great revival churches and God's blessing you on the, And uh, I just wrote this book on, on planting a, a, a new apostolic church and new this generation or whatever. I may give the title away and you might see it at a conference. I, I better be careful. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, you, you know, you didn't really put some corn in the crib first. You know, get some saddle sores before you start telling me how to ride. And this is the way it is with God. Salvation comes by grace through faith. You can't earn it. But some things have to be lived because God has got to be able to trust me with this inheritance. Amen? If you knew now what you know now about your life and living for God, if you would have known all of that the moment you came out of the waters of baptism, highly doubt you'd have stuck around. 
Now go ahead and act spiritual and say, not me, I was just so in love. All the betrayal, all the heartache, the pain, the false brethren. You'd have come out of the water and said, oh, this feels great, but forget that. Right? That's why, that's why God never shows, shows us the process. He only shows us the product. Joseph, here's what you're going to be. Oh, by the way, there's a pit. There's a, there's a pit. There's a cougar or a woman can't keep her hands to herself. It's married. There's a prison. But if you can endure all of that, then there's a palace. It's not what God showed. God showed him the palace. Aren't you glad God didn't show you all the pits and the prisons you had to walk through? Some of you are still in them right now, but hold on. God's going to fulfill it, but he's not just going to do it. Uh, here's a big word for you. Uh, write this down. Go home and uh, get the definition of this word. God's not just going to give it to you willy-nilly. All this name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. I say, therefore I am. But, but Well, hold on a minute. You, you better back it up. Because I read about seven young men in the book of Acts that tried that very same method. There was a man who was possessed with the demons. And they said, we command you, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. You know him. We adjure you by the Jesus that Paul preaches about. Come out. And boy, did he ever. Boy, did he ever come out. Man. Now, I'm going to tell you, where I come from, there's whippings and whoopings. I can't tell you what the former is because I always got whoopings. It, there was never any of this timeout stuff. And I'm not for abusing kids, but I'm for taking care of business when it needs to be taken care of, like the Bible says. The timeout was my dad drinking some Gatorade to get some more strength to keep going. Hold on, son. Give me another belt. We don't wore this one out. And he was here. He'll tell you. Sometimes he says, I, I can't believe how, how much I whipped you kids. I said, I can. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad about it. Well, you hit it well. Let's give you an Oscar for all of that acting. <laughs> I thought I heard you snicker. Your evil rules of you put your hand back, you get two more. Put your hand. It's the most natural reaction for a man. You got your rear end six inches above your head, and you got 48 inches of leather coming down at I don't know how fast. You're gonna go whoop, and when them hands go back, what man, it hurts. Two more. Finally get tired of playing, just grab both your hands and lean in and just. But I, hey, thank God for that. I do suffer from this uh, disorder called respect for others. It's a lingering effect. And at 42, I still remember those lessons. Amen? You, 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 gotta, you, you can't just willy-nilly walk into it and God just say, well, because those, those, those seven boys learned a lesson. They got a whooping. 
As a matter of fact, listen, I've been, I've cast out demons. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen some pretty hairy stuff. I've seen some stuff that I told, if I told you, you I don't even know if you believe me. But, I, but I'll tell you what I've never seen. I ain't never seen a demon whoop somebody before. And this demon didn't only whoop one. It whooped seven of them. Now listen, I'm not going to act like I'm bad, bad Leroy Brown. I've taken my share of tail whippings. I've crushed many a fist with my face. I've been whooped. And I've given a few whoopings, but I've been whooped. But I'm going to tell you something. I ain't never been whooped so bad they tore my clothes off. The Bible says that demon whipped all seven of those young, those preacher boys so bad that it ripped all their clothes off and they ran out of there bleeding. It whooped them so bad. In other words, you better know who you are before you start claiming authority. Because the devil's going to test your authority. And God's going to let him. We adjure you by Jesus who Paul preached. You better know the Jesus that Paul's preaching about. Because that demon came out and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But I don't know who you are. You want to know why? Because that demon did not recognize their authority. Hell does not recognize my authority. Hell only recognizes God's authority. Because it is, it is the only authority, listen to me, it is the only authority hell is subject to. It's God's authority. Outside of that, it's a lawless kingdom. So when we talk about this inheritance that we're, we're landing on Brother Lucas' come. We're talking about, you better understand this, that God is not just going to just say, well, just walk out and just claim it and just walk in. No, it, there, there's so much more to it than that. You've got to know, and God said, I have hidden within me, within me, I have hidden all wisdom. I have hidden all knowledge. I have hidden the treasures of wisdom within me but you have got to depart from your knowledge and your wisdom and enter into the mysteries of my wisdom because when you enter into the wisdom and the knowledge of God God will have you saying things that God will have you saying things you you would have never thought you'd have ever said matter of fact God will have you living like you never thought you would have lived God will have you talking like you never thought matter of fact if you will search for his wisdom and his knowledge if you will get in him and find that treasure in him you'll not only you'll not only talk like you never thought you'd talk walk you'll start dressing like you never thought you'd dress you'll start hanging around people you'd have never thought you'd have been hanging around with why because I'm leaving the pursuit of this world's knowledge and I'm going into the knowledge of him. I'm leaving the person, because the Bible says that God chose the foolish things to confound the wise. I've searched this world over already for its knowledge and its wisdom. I want the wisdom and the knowledge of God because it is eternal. It is forever. It is powerful. It is everlasting. And so for me, I, I'm going to step into it. I'm going to find the treasure 
because in that there, there is knowledge, there is wisdom, there is an inheritance. There is an inheritance that is coming that is for those of us who have stepped from the dominion of man into fellowship with God. Listen, church ain't even about church. Do you hear me? Church ain't even about church. It's not about coming and checking off the list. Why well, did this this week? That's, that's not what it's about. It's about entering into fellowship with the testator who wrote the testament through which our inheritance comes. And if I don't have fellowship with who has given that to me, then I can never be a partaker of it. So 30 or so minutes ago when I was riled up about these stances for truth and protection we need to take, that didn't come from the talking points of a political party or a website. That came from here because I know if I don't stand with this, I don't stand to inherit what has been promised to me in this legal document. Stand with me tonight. It's a legal document. It's a binding document. Man, I hope y'all get as excited about this as I do. Man, this is, I'm so excited to teach this series. My God, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to end it. Oh, I know I'm not going to end it tonight because I've still got to get it. I've I, I really got to get into this inheritance thing. I got to show you some things that the Bible said you are an heir of, that you are a partaker of. I don't, we, I, we may go six more months on this series and I hope you don't get bored with it because I'll tell you the more I pray about it the more I study it amen I think about it all week long I go through the week and I'm thinking about it I sit in the office I think about it I'm driving down the road and Addie's talking to me about whatever she's talking and I'm trying to listen but in the back of my mind I'm thinking wow what an inheritance blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory heirs of salvation. There is so much more God has for you and me than what we currently experience. And you want to know why we don't experience it? Because truth be told, we were just so excited that there was a legal document that we never really broke it open and went line by line and see what God has for us. And I'm going to stand upon this word that shall never fail. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but what? His word shall never pass away. And when this world gets so dark that I cannot see, I can grab this testament, this legal document, and it will be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my and when I'm in trouble and the wolves are howling at the door and the bears clawing to get back in the, to get in the back window, I can pick up this testament. And not only is it a light, but it is also a sword in which I can defend my family from. I, it's a sword for which I can push back the enemies of darkness. And when I when I am broken, it is the salve. It is the ointment that is the healing of my spirit, my body, and my mind. Amen. And when I'm confused, this same legal binding 
binding document that God said I have bound throughout all of eternity I have bound myself to my word in so much that I am my word and my word is me in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God the same was in the beginning with God and verse 14 said and the word was made flesh and when that when that torment is in your mind you can grab this legal document this testament and you can say no 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 he gives peace that passes all understanding he is the prince of peace and that's not just a promise it is a binding fact if I am who I say I am it's not because I said it I am what I am because he said it and he loved me enough to write it in legal form say it's right there and I'm inherited of that it's promised it's guaranteed to me that if I will search in him for wisdom and knowledge he would give me all rights to this document but I have to leave the world I have to leave sin and unrighteousness and ungodliness in my own way of thinking, in my own personality, in my own. And I've got to start following after him. Hallelujah. Would you come to the altar for just a moment? And I feel such a beautiful presence of God. Amen. Amen. I haven't even really. Even last week I was feeling, I, I, now my flesh has wanted to dive in, but I feel like the Holy Ghost is just trying to lay that on us so strong that we have to leave, come out from among them. Come out from among, somebody sent me a clip, somebody was on, on the news, I think last week or the week before, quoting that scripture. On, on national television saying you got to come out from among them. I saw that clip on my phone. I went, oh my word. When sinners are quoting the Bible, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing that's sin. And I'll receive you unto me. You shall be my people. <laughs> I shall be your God. But he didn't just stop there. He says, I will be your father. You will be my children. I'm glad he's your God, but are you, are you ready to get a little closer so he can be your father and you can get the inheritance of the promise? Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? He's all that you'll ever need. It's in this word. I don't mean to oversimplify it. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm minimizing something that, that yes, in, in its own dimension is very complex, but it is that simple. It is that simple that his word is powerful, that in his word is life. Hallelujah. That in this testament that we call the Bible is the promise and the guarantee of, of God's hope and his promise for our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It, it's not God's will for that struggle to be continual in your life. It's not God's will for that depression to be present in your mind constantly. It's not God's will, amen, that you struggle with that every day of your life. No, He's given you an inheritance. He's given you a promise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
in the name of Jesus. Just for a couple of minutes, just let him infuse strength into your spirit and into your body right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word, for it never fails. I thank you for your joy and peace that goes beyond understanding. Lord, I thank you for the promise and the hope that we have in this book. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.